Decision Podcasts by the New York Prosecutors Training Institute are made possible by VoicePods. Convert your text to voice at voicepods.com. Read this decision at NIPT Law. www.nypti.org slash law. People v. Mark Hartle, decided April 20, 2023. Garcia, J. Defendant, convicted by a jury of multiple counts of rape and sexual abuse of a 15-year-old victim and sentenced to 54 years in prison, asks this court to deem the summary denial of his motion to vacate his conviction an abuse of discretion. Because the evidence proffered by defendant as newly discovered consists of incriminating text messages and explicit photographs exchanged with a victim that defendant deleted before his arrest and never sought to retrieve before trial, we decline to do so and affirm the summary denial of defendant's CPL 440 motion. Defendant, 50 years old at the time, was charged in a 31-count indictment with rape and other sex crimes after the 15-year-old daughter of defendant's close friend accused him of raping her repeatedly over several months in 2014. When defendant was arrested, the police secured his cell phone and kept the phone through the end of trial. The police also performed a forensic examination of the victim's cell phone and provided the results, including more than 1,200 text messages, to defendant. No exchanges with defendant were recovered. Although defendant and his counsel engaged in extensive pre-trial litigation, they never sought to inspect either the victim's cell phone or defendant's cell phone, never informed the people of any relevant evidence on either phone never filed a motion to compel the production of cell phone evidence, and never issued a subpoena to defendant's cell phone service provider. The people and defendant's counsel engaged in plea negotiations, and the people ultimately offered defendant a plea bargain pursuant to which he would receive a five-year sentence in exchange for a guilty plea to one count of first-degree sexual abuse. Defendant rejected this offer and proceeded to trial, where the defense theory was that no sexual contact occurred. The victim testified and defense counsel conducted a thorough cross-examination. Defense counsel made ample use of the evidence obtained from the victim's cell phone during this examination, referring to text messages she exchanged with her brother and a close friend and using these messages to question the victim about why she did not inform anyone of defendant's alleged conduct at the time the incidents occurred. Defense counsel did not ask the victim whether she and defendant exchanged any text messages or photographs or whether she had deleted any such communications. Defendant called no witnesses. At the close of the people's case, the trial court dismissed two counts of criminal sexual act in the first degree in response to defendant's motion arguing that the people had failed to prove forcible compulsion. During summation, defense counsel argued that there was no corroboration for the victim's allegations and that her testimony was the story of an unsophisticated person trying to deceive. The jury convicted defendant on all remaining counts. Defendant was sentenced to 54 years of imprisonment to be followed by 10 years of post-release supervision, which was later reduced to 42 years and 10 months to 50 years pursuant to statute. Defendant appealed, and the appellate division affirmed his conviction, People v. Hartle. A judge of this court denied leave to appeal. Several years later, defendant moved to vacate his conviction pursuant to CPL 440.10 on two grounds, alleging ineffective assistance of counsel in the discovery of new evidence. Defendant's new evidence claim was based on the recovery of previously deleted text messages and photographs obtained through a forensic retrieval process, called rooting, that he asserted was not available at the time of trial. Defendant submitted a letter from appellate counsel, affirmed by trial counsel, stating that at the time of trial, no photographs or messages between defendant and the victim were found on the victim's phone, and so trial counsel's belief was that if any photographs or messages, had, been on the cell phone they had to have been deleted and that neither, attorney, 
knew of any type of technology that would be able to retrieve such deleted information. Defendant also submitted affidavits and reports from a specialist in the forensic examination of digital services, describing his unsuccessful attempts in 2017 to perform the routing procedure of defendant's cell phone to recover the deleted evidence and his ultimate successful completion of the routing procedure following an update to the software in 2018. Defendant included an affidavit from his mother describing conversations she had with Verizon, defendant's cell phone service provider, attempting to obtain the deleted messages. During a conference before county court regarding defendant's motion, after the people asked defendant for additional materials in advance of their responsive papers, defense counsel suggested that he was entitled to examine the victim's phone. County court echoed counsel's interest in understanding the scope of evidence on the victim's phone and suggested that the people contact the victim to ask her about the recovered messages and why they did not appear on her phone. The people declined to do so later explaining that they bear no burden on a CPL 440 motion and it's not our practice on a 440 collateral attack to contact a child victim and cross-examine them. County court subsequently denied defendant's motion without a hearing, People v. Hartle. The court rejected defendant's claim of newly discovered evidence, explaining that the letter affirmed by trial counsel is conclusory in nature and fails to demonstrate due diligence on trial counsel's part to confirm that retrieval of the deleted media was truly not possible at the time of trial in 2015, that the expert affidavit and report are similarly flawed, as they fail to address efforts made at retrieval during the time of trial, and that there is no indication that trial counsel made efforts to obtain the material from defendant's cell phone service provider. Moreover, county court rejected the portrayal of the recovered photographs and text messages as newly discovered evidence because defendant knew that the media existed prior to trial, he actively endeavored to delete the evidence from his cell phone, and was part and parcel to the exchange, and, as such, he knew full well of the communications and the factual information contained therein. County court faulted defendant for seeking to use material initially lost as a result of defendant's spoliation of evidence, to his benefit and held that. Having been found guilty after trial, defendant should not now be permitted to rely upon material he previously deleted in an effort to cover up his criminal conduct. The appellate division affirmed, explaining that to hold otherwise would create the rule that a defendant can destroy evidence he or she deemed inculpatory and then subsequently benefit from advances in technology to resurrect that evidence if it later appears beneficial. A judge of this court granted leave to appeal, and we now affirm. CPL 440.101, G empowers a trial court to vacate a conviction on the basis of newly discovered evidence which could not have been produced by the defendant at the trial even with due diligence on his part and which is of such character as to create a probability that had such evidence been received at the trial the verdict would have been more favorable to the defendant, provided that a motion based upon such ground must be made with due diligence after the discovery of such alleged new evidence. The burden is on the defendant on a CPL 440 motion, as we have explained previously. The statute is plain that the initial failure by a defendant to carry his or her burden of coming forward with sworn allegations substantiating the essential facts in the 440 motion does not shift the burden to the people in their responsive pleadings, People v. Wright. We review a trial court's summary denial of such a motion for abuse of discretion, see People v. Jones. County court did not abuse its discretion in denying defendant's motion without a hearing. As county court determined, the evidence proffered is far from newly discovered, it is evidence the defendant knew about, was involved in the creation of, and believed he destroyed well before trial in an effort to conceal criminal activity. As defendant affirmed, he deleted the photographs and or text messages because, he, did not want anyone to see them. This is unsurprising given that the material, including nude photographs he took of the victim, was compelling evidence of his sexual contact with a minor. 
defendant cannot now claim that because certain technology was not available to recover the incriminating texts and photographs that he attempted to destroy, that material, now recovered, somehow qualifies as newly discovered evidence. Nor has defendant met CPL 440.10, GS due diligence prong, which requires that defendant show that the evidence could not have been produced at the trial even with due diligence on the part of defendant. Nowhere in defendant's conclusory submissions is there any showing that the evidence was inaccessible before trial, or any indication that defendant tried to obtain it. Defendant received the state police report of the evidence extracted from the victim's cell phone well before trial, at which point defendant was aware that the messages were not recovered from her device. Defendant took no action in response, for example, he did not seek to obtain the materials from his cell phone service provider or a forensic examination of his phone or the victim's phone. Rather, he used the absence of evidence corroborating the victim's testimony to his advantage, pursuing a trial strategy of actual innocence instead of alerting the people to potential evidence that would have essentially proven his guilt of certain crimes, both charged and uncharged. The assertions in defendant's papers, from his attorneys, who state they did not believe the text messages were recoverable, from his mother, who claimed she tried to call Verizon and ask for the deleted messages, and from defendant himself who now represents that it was everyone's belief that such deleted material could not be recovered are all inadequate, conclusory, and self-serving. Because the statute's focus is on the evidence's availability at the time of trial, it is incumbent upon defendant to show an effort to obtain that evidence before trial. The existence of routing technology that enabled the recovery of deleted messages on defendant's phone in 2018 is not evidence that no method existed to recover these messages in 2015 nor has defendant made any representation as to the ability, at that time, of defendant's cell phone service provider to retrieve messages that had been so recently deleted. Defendant's affidavit states that the photographs and text messages demonstrate that, the victim, did not testify truthfully an argument his counsel advanced at trial. With the knowledge that he had, defendant could, of course, have cross-examined the victim at trial regarding whether she had exchanged text messages or photographs with defendant, he simply chose not to. Failure of his trial strategy does not permit defendant to resurrect his communications with the victim as newly discovered evidence. This is not hypothetical case A, defendant convicted of murder where decedent left a suicide note later hidden by a third party, or B, defendant sees the suicide note but could not find it after he was charged with decedent's murder. There are no novel questions here, nor are we concerned with the outer limits of a proposed legal rule. Rather, we apply our established approach to collateral attacks on a verdict brought pursuant to CPL 440 to a record demonstrating that before his arrest for sexually assaulting the 15-year-old victim, defendant deleted incriminating evidence of sexual contact with her and never sought to retrieve that deleted information before trial. As a result, he failed to meet his burden under CPL 440 and the trial court did not abuse its discretion in denying the motion without a hearing. We have considered defendant's claim of ineffective assistance of counsel and hold that it is meritless, see right. County court did not abuse its discretion in denying defendant's motion pursuant to CPL 440.10, H, without a hearing. Accordingly, the order of the appellate division should be affirmed. Order affirmed. Opinion by Judge Garcia. Judges Singas, Canataro and Troutman concur. Judge Rivera dissents in an opinion, in which Chief Judge Wilson concurs. Judge Halligan took no part. Decided April 20, 2023. Decision podcasts by the New York Prosecutors Training Institute are made possible by VoicePods. Convert your text to voice at voicepods.com. Read this decision at NIPT Law.
www.nypti.org/law.